Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, uh, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Some of these people in the uh, establishment wing, whatever you want to call them, of the party, the Crenshaws of the world, still attacking. Again, major concessions again made yesterday. Got an update on that. I've got a ton to talk about today. Uh, another update as well on why the relentless pushing of the vaccine, despite its multitude of problems and its relative lack of effectiveness against transmission, has resulted in a major public health calamity, sadly, sadly, tragically, as predicted on this show. Now we've got the data to back up what I told you was going to happen is actually happening. Big show today on a Friday. Don't miss it. Today's show brought to you by Relief Band. Ladies and gentlemen, I would have been lost without my Relief Band. This is my actual Relief Band. Check it out right here. It is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband, clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and more. That's what I used it for. You just turn it on and turn it up. This thing worked for me. It worked right when I turned it on. I'd be lost without it. Whether you need everyday relief or just occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. It's like the name says, Relief Band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. I can personally vouch for it. Now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars uh, to get a relief band. So put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. Have an Apple or Samsung watch? The Relief Band Sport can seamlessly attach to either product so you don't need to choose between wearing your Relief Band or wearing your smartwatch. Folks, we love the product. My daughter uses it when she goes out on a boat. She, you, you get that nausea feeling, knocks it out. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. We got an exclusive offer just for my show's listeners here. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. That's reliefband.com, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com. Use our promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 20% off plus free shipping. Relief Band, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks for a lot of things. Help me get through that. All right, Joseph, on this Friday, let's go. It's Friday. Yes, sir, it is. It has been a loaded week, short one. We took Monday off. So it's been Tuesday on, yep. but this week has been loaded. It is now day 6,722 of the search for speaker. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this again is what democracy looks like. This is what a representative democracy looks like. Thankfully, as I've said repeatedly, we do not live in a direct democracy. Nobody would want that. The majority could vote away the minority's rights. We don't want that ever. And Dan Crenshaw is at it again. I, I, um, Dan Crenshaw is a Republican congressman uh, from Texas. I uh, Again, I will say over and over, I appreciate the man's valiant service to our military. He was a Navy SEAL, lost one of his eyes due to an IED. Unquestionably heroic, period. Stop. We can stop that right there. No argument there whatsoever, nor would I intend to get him one. Having said that, the man as a politician has been an absolute train wreck. And he has, why he, they put him out there as the voice of the more establishment, I guess what they call moderate, moderate wing of the Republican Party. Why they keep putting him out there, I, I, again, being candid with you folks, is stunning. The man has absolutely zero communication skills whatsoever. Listen, you can make a lot of arguments against me. Well, Dan, Crenshaw won. You lost when you ran for office. You're correct. You are 100% correct. 
I ran in a really difficult uh, Democrat-leaning district when I uh, when I won a primary up in Maryland. We lost by one point. Uh, you know, in that specific district, no Republican came within 10 points. But I lost. You know why? I'll tell you why I lost. It's not some ridiculous virtue signal. I lost because I was willing to stick by conservative values, even though I knew becoming a squish could have possibly gotten me elected. Joe remembers that race well. Oh, damn straight. And I didn't do it. I had a bunch of people telling me to, you know, oh, just, you know, ease up on the abortion stuff and all this other stuff. I wasn't going to do it. Sorry. Crenshaw gets into office. They put him out there in the camera trying to sell McCarthy as the speaker to people who just don't want him right now. They don't want him. They may want him in a couple of days if the deal gets sweeter. They don't want him. And the guy has zero communication skills whatsoever. And he has a knack for saying, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, if I'm reading this story, you've all seen the clips. Yeah, he has a knack for saying the exact worst thing. <laughs> yeah. So your goal, as right as Dan Crenshaw, is to pull twenty, maybe fifteen Republican holdouts against McCarthy over to your side to get Kevin McCarthy, a more moderate guy, elected speaker. So you, the, the way to get them over, and I would make the same argument to the conservatives objecting to McCarthy too, that constantly crapping on people on the other side isn't going to help either. Okay. Because I believe in strategy, not stupidity. But constantly insulting people on the other side and saying ridiculous, absurd things makes you look like an idiot. Here's what I mean. Cue that up for me, Gabe. So Byron Donalds, who is a congressman from Florida District 19 in the west coast of Florida, Naples, uh, Cape Coral, that area over there, Benita. Byron Donalds has gotten a lot of votes over the, uh, not nearly as many as McCarthy, but a lot of votes over successive votes. There's been 11 votes now, right? Byron Donalds is very well, uh, very well liked amongst the conservative wing of the caucus. He's a very conservative guy from a conservative district. So Crenshaw has asked about him on Fox yesterday. And here's uh, uh, Crenshaw. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, and by the way, the polling, just let me say this to you, the polling's not with them. This is important. Sorry, I missed that. The PJ Media article, if you want to, this is in my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter, if you want to read it. Stacey Lennox, there was some polling done. The majority of the Republican voters agree with the GOP rebels. So keep in mind, Crenshaw doesn't have the public on his side, and he, these 20 Republican holdouts who aren't voting for McCarthy don't particularly like him either. So you think you'd make a peace pipe move, not him. Here's Crenshaw crapping all over Byron Donalds, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard said by a Republican Congress member. Check this out. Of rules. Well, Byron Donalds is running. Byron Donalds is running, and, and you don't. You don't think he's a credible he, candidate? He, he started. He started five minutes ago, and no, he's not a credible candidate. He's, he's a freshman who started five minutes ago. That's not running. He didn't raise hundreds of millions of dollars to win the Republican majority in, in multiple election cycles. No, that's not a credible candidate. What is so there's Crenshaw insulting Byron Donald, saying he's not a serious candidate. That basically he's been here like uh, for a cup of coffee or whatever. Byron Donald. That's really strange, because Dan Crenshaw was elected in 2018. Wait, 2018? What do you mean? Not 2008? So elder statesman Dan Crenshaw had, was elected in 2018. Byron Donalds was elected when? Uh, 2022? No, 2020. In the next election cycle. So Dan Crenshaw, elder statesman, trying to get people like Byron Donalds back over to their team, by the way, because Byron Donalds left their team. The way to get back them, to get them back, Dan Crenshaw taking schools, as Guy said, taking lessons from the Joe Biden School of Public Speaking, is to crap all over Byron Donalds. This guy has a unique knack 
for saying the most ridiculous, obscene things. You're not going to meet a guy with a better resume than Dan Crenshaw. I'm not kidding. Look at it. It's impressive. His education, his public speaking ability, the man's character in the Navy SEALs. You're not going to meet a guy with a better resume. You also are not going to meet a guy with the worst public presentation skills as a politician than Dan Crenshaw. Then he brings up hilariously, which uh, the idea that he didn't raise $100 million. I want to play the second clip of Dan Crenshaw here. Here's Crenshaw again, bringing up the money thing as if Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy is spending his own money on Republican candidates to get elected. This is donor money given to McCarthy and his PACs to elect Republicans. You don't owe McCarthy anything for that. It's not McCarthy's money. Check this out. What I think voters and Americans want to see from their politicians when they disagree is disagreement in good faith. You should stand for something, right? If you're going to hold the line, you should stand for something. You should say, this is why I'm holding the line. But, you know, you know as well as I do that when you ask this, these 20 holdouts, what are you holding the line for? They give you very vague statements. They say, well, you know, it's to make this place work better. We're tired of the swamp. We're tired of the status quo. It's like they're on the campaign trail just screaming slogans that their consultants told them to say. Meanwhile, they're fundraising off of this. Everybody's getting fundraising emails from these people. And let me say this to the American public right now. Do not donate to these fundraising campaigns. They don't need the money. All right. I'm going to get to later his first point about or his lack of a point on that. The opposition to McCarthy, they don't really stand for anything, which is absurd. Because if they didn't stand for anything and weren't asking for concessions, then why is it that it's being widely reported that concessions were made? To what? I mean, imagine, you know, concessions like Joe's negotiating with me over how we're going to rob a bank. I concede to Joe we're going to do this. We're going to do this with a getaway car. But then I complain that Joe didn't ask anything of me. How? I just made all the concessions to Joe's requests. <laughs> we're not going to rob a bank, of course. No. But this is the point about, about uh, Crenshaw. He does nothing but insult people all the time. The, the guy has zero. Communication skills. I'm really concerned because I want a speaker too. These committees have to gavel in. People have to get briefings. Congressmen have to be sworn in. I want this to happen too, the business of actual government. I don't want the business of crap government to start though. And Dan Crenshaw is standing in the way. A request to Dan, please get off TV for a while. I do this for a living. You don't. You want to fix this problem? Go there on the floor and negotiate a solution and find a way to reach a consensus candidate and shut up on TV with the stupid comments. And again, him mentioning the money and the fundraising. Dan, it's not your money. It's not McCarthy donating his personal funds to candidates. It's Republican donors who gave money to PACs to elect Republicans. Some of those Republicans got elected. It's not their job now to genuflect and be indentured servants to Kevin McCarthy for the rest of their lives. You suggesting we should buy off politicians? What are you suggesting, Dan? Here's another one. Here's Don Bacon. Another Republican. Again, zero communication skills whatsoever. Discussing this ridiculous talking point yet again 
about how conservatives pushing for a conservative speaker and a more process-oriented approach to limiting our, our government spending so we don't go freaking bankrupt. Here's Don Bacon claiming the Republican conservatives are embarrassing everyone, despite the fact that it's Don Bacon who keeps along with Crenshaw pushing a candidate, McCarthy, who doesn't have the damn votes. He don't have the votes. Listen to this. The House is shut down. We're not working on the issues that we campaigned on, like lowering inflation, securing the border, uh, supporting our law enforcement, standing up to China. None of this is happening. All our committees are now shut down, and it's on these 20 people. They're embarrassing the House. They're embarrassing the Republicans. They're embarrassing our country. So I think over time, with focus, we'll get some of these over. But we also have to be willing to consider working with the Democrats at some point to get some cons- work on some concessions to get some support there if these 20 refuse to budge. I love this. I love this, Joe. Do you guys hear this? So yeah. Don Bacon, supposed Republican, rather than, and you know, Crenshaw is probably going to go down this path soon too. Rather than coming out and saying, listen, we're going to work with our conservative brothers. We're going to come to a solution. We're going to find a speaker. We're going to fix this process. We owe it to the American people. What's his first line, Don Bacon? Don wants to bring home the bacon, apparently. His first line is, yeah, yeah, you know what? We'll go work with the Democrats instead. Oh, okay. That sounds legit. So we elected you as a Republican not to work with conservatives and libertarian-leaning Republicans, but to go work with Democrats instead? And you just said that on national television. By the way, that's an empty threat. Don Bacon's acting like a complete toolbox, a craftsman like I've never seen, embarrassing himself again. This guy's constituents should be emailing him and go, really? You prefer to work with Democrats over conservatives? You really believe that's why we elected you? Man, can you misread a mandate? Here's Rick Klein, who is a, he's a journalist. He's not a right winger. He's reporting on or another Republican, Pete Sessions, who was asked about this, about working with Democrats to elect the speaker. Sessions, again, is no like hardcore conservative holdout here. Sessions said, no, we don't. We got to solve this ourselves. Working with Democrats will not happen. So Don Bacon, again, cotton out of your ears, stick it in your mouth. If you don't have, again, guys, I do this on TV. This is my job now. I ran for office. I didn't win. Okay, that's fine. I'm glad I didn't win in a district where I could have sold out and said things like Don Bacon said to try to get elected. How about standing on some principle and putting your job at stake, too? Maybe stay off TV if you have nothing productive to say at all. Like we'd rather work with Democrats. Or I should say we'll go work with Democrats over the conservatives. Matt Gates was asked about this as well. He's one of the conservative holdouts against McCarthy at this point. He was on Ingram's show last night about working with Democrats. I'm giving you both sides, folks. I'm not giving you a slanted approach. I want to see a speaker as well. Pete Sessions, pretty down the middle guy, is saying, we're not working with Democrats. We're going to solve it ourselves. You see the quote right there. Gates, pretty conservative guy. Gates is saying the same thing. So as of now, hopefully things don't change if more Don Bacons don't emerge. I don't want you to be overly concerned with a consensus Democrat-Republican consensus speaker. If it changes, I'll let you know. But here's Gates from the conservative wing saying that's not going to happen either. Will you be okay then if there's ultimately a deal struck with moderate Democrats that give Democrats kind of co-control of the committees? You're fine with that. 
No, absolutely not. That that will not happen. There are two potential well, scenarios happen. here. No, that, listen, I'm on the floor, Laura. These 212 Democrats are going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries every single time. He is a historic candidate for them. They are not going to cleave off under any circumstance. I assure you that if Democrats join up to elect a moderate Republican, I will resign from the House of Representatives. That is how certain I am. I can okay. assure your viewers that won't happen. Now, uh, listen, I never say nothing can happen. I just, based on the information I'm getting from a lot of good quality sources, who again, know the swamp but aren't part of it, it's not going to happen. Nobody wants to go in a primary in two years in a presidential election in 2024, Joe, and, and have ads run against them that they helped elect the democratically <laughs> leaning Speaker of the House. I mean, come on, let's yeah. be real, folks. Now, again, I, stupidity up on Capitol Hill is vast. But I don't think, uh, unless Don Bacon takes over, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And you should be, if you're out there in his district, you should be emailing his office today asking why he's making such ridiculous statements. All right, I want to get to you next, that Crenshaw comment before we played the video on him saying, oh, they're not really holding out for anything. It's just process stuff. Oh, really? Process stuff. Process stuff is everything. What if I change the process for this show? And said, I'm going to do nothing but uh, read ads for five minutes and then leave the show with no content. It's a process. Folks, process is everything in life. Everything. Crenshaw doesn't know that? No, of course he knows that. He's a smart guy. So ridiculous, these people. All right, let me get to this first. Put you in a good mood. Magic Spoon. Why do I always bring out this box? Because this is how my kids tear open the box of Magic Spoon. We get it. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sending us a new box, by the way. This is uh, their blueberry cereal, which is delicious, one of our faves. Cereals for grown-ups are bland. You've seen them. They need a little magic. It's time to try Magic Spoon cereal. A wholesome cereal tastes delicious. Magic Spoon has replicated your favorite childhood cereals to taste good, but each serving contains zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. Magic Spoon is great for a low-carb lifestyle. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. It's a way to relive those moments watching your favorite cartoons. Remember that on Saturday morning with your cereal? Plus, it's only 140 calories. Delicious calories, I might add, a serving. Build your own custom bundle of delicious cereal flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry muffin, maple waffle, one of my faves, honey nut, cookies and cream, which is magic, and cinnamon roll. Here's how you get it. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to grab a custom bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code Bongino at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. You're going to love it. Get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash Bongino and use the code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, to save $5 off. Thanks, Magic Spoon. We always appreciate it. It is delicious. So I played the clip before of Crenshaw, not only insulting Byron Donalds, but the second clip was Crenshaw saying, well, they don't really stand for anything. Well, that's really weird because if they didn't stand for anything, uh, the Republican holdouts who want a more conservative speaker than McCarthy, then why is it that the concessions are being made to the conservative uh, holdouts who are asking for stuff? Why, in other words, it's simply stated for the Crenshaws of the world having a tough time. Why are you giving stuff to them if they're not asking for stuff? I don't understand. If they're not asking for concessions, then why are you giving them concessions? It sounds like the money ball rule, doesn't it? If he's a good hitter, why didn't he hit good? I'm just asking Crenshaw for common sense stuff. 
So Crenshaw said they're not asking for anything, and he's minimizing the process part, that they're asking for changes to the process of how the House works. Why does this matter? Kim Strassel is pretty down the middle uh, Republican, but did a great job on Spygate, and I like her work at the Wall Street Journal. Now, she objects to this continued process and thinks at this point, she quote, the title of her article is GOP rebels need to take the win. Well, I, I agree we should win. Uh, should we take the win right now? Well, it depends. I'd have to see what's down on paper. We'll get to that next. But she does make a really great point in her piece. She's talking about the process, how the reason we're going bankrupt right now, folks, is not just because we have a bunch of pigs in Washington, D.C. who just uh, have no morals whatsoever about us spending our kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids' money. It's that the process is so broken that even if we got good people up there, it would still be hard to change our pending bankruptcy because the process is bad. She says, it's going to, this is a, the, here's the, here are the concessions. You should be proud of yourself. Hold your you know, chin up, chest out on what these conservative holdouts have gotten so far. We may be able to get more. She said the new process they're pushing for will make it harder for the house to tax and spend. All right. Sounds like a great plan to me. It imposes a cut-and-go rule requiring any mandatory spending increases be offset with equal or greater cuts. Requires a three-fifths supermajority vote required for tax increases. It revives what's known as the Holman Rule, allowing appropriations bills effectively to defund the salaries of specific executive branch officials or specific programs. Sounds good to me. It also requires each committee to submit an oversight plan that lays out what actions it intends to take on unauthorized or duplicative government programs. Sounds like a winner. Wait, wait. Oh, there's more, but leave that up, Key. Didn't Crunch go? Crunch, Crunch said, think he said that you heard it, right? Crunch said no one's asking for anything. So what is this stuff? That's not what I'm confused. She notes these changes will produce the first functioning house in years, even as they tie the hand of uh, the hands of spenders. She notes, take the win. And uh, you guys heard the clip. I, I thought Crenshaw said that they they don't they're not pushing for it. They don't know what they want. That, it sounds like weird, Joe. Weird, weird. So <laughs> so weird. Mm. Again, you're being lied to. You're being lied to. The Don Bacon's and the Dan Crenshaws. They're not telling you the truth. Maybe telling you the truth about certain things. Yeah, there are people who are all over the place and changing their votes. And again, to not give you slanted coverage, I think that we got to settle on a consensus candidate. Now, the reason they haven't up to this point, again, so you understand both sides, the holdouts have not settled on a consensus candidate because the consensus hasn't been agreed to by the other side. The other side is still saying, we're always McCarthy all the time. McCarthy, for the 15 millionth time on this show, doesn't have the freaking votes. So what side's being flexible and what side isn't? They nominated Jim Jordan. Okay, you didn't like Jim Jordan. They moved on. Byron Donalds. First, no, Biggs. And then Jordan. And then Donalds. So we're being flexible, yet you keep throwing the same guy who doesn't have the votes. Who, again, who are the jerks here? Again, according to Crenshaw, they're not asking for anything. Really? That's strange. Because the Washington Examiner, you can read this in the newsletter too. Notes, progress, progress, progress. Progress being made. That sounds like a representative democracy to me, fellas. Sounds like a day to be proud. I like to be it. be sad. Yeah. I like it too, brother. 
Progress, progress, progress. Republicans strike an optimistic tone as McCarthy puts concessions on paper. Now, a caller called in yesterday on my radio show, being a jerk, by the way, I might add, claiming that I'm being fooled and the McCarthy's just going to turn around and screw them all over. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody could do that. They're politicians. They screw people over by nature. I'm not telling you if McCarthy does win and makes all the concessions we want that he's not going to screw you over. Are we, Guy Gee, can you please note the time of this, Joe? Can you seriously in the show? Yeah. I'm not kidding because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to get a guy, Gee, you, you guys both know this. Someone is going to comment two weeks from now if whoever the speaker is, Scalise, Jordan, and someone gets screwed over. Dan, you see, I told you they would. I get it. Look, horse blinkers. I am with you. I get it. I get it. These people screw people over. However, putting it down on paper, as the Washington Examiner notes, puts them in a bit of a bind because now they're not going to be able to say, oh, I never said that. Why? Because it's on paper. Flag it. Please flag it. We, I, I, I love the listeners. I hope I, didn't, that sound, I hope I didn't sound like a jerk there. But there are a few. There aren't really listeners. They just like to come in and kind of crap all over the program. And like, they're Bongino's establishment. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Joe, we're all, me and Joe and Guy are all in with the establishment. <laughs> we get it. I'm just telling you, this makes it more difficult. They note in the piece that McCarthy made major concessions on Wednesday night, well, nights ago, including the one member motion to vacate, more conservative members on the House Rules Committee, votes on key bills, and keeping Republican PACs out of primaries. Great, good. It's on paper. We get it. I'm not telling you it's going to lock these folks in. I'm simply telling you that, yes, we got some we got some stuff done. One more thing I wanted to know. Playbook noted this this morning. And I found, I mean, you want to talk about like out-of-touch politicians, right? Playbook notes said, hey, Ken Buck felt ill, so we had to go home. I like Ken Buck. It's too bad. Wesley Hunt, great guy. He wants to return to Texas. His wife gave birth. Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, solid conservative. His mom uh, tragically died this week. He wants to attend their funeral on Sunday. Uh, gentlemen, listen to all of you out there. With much, those are three great guys. I respect everything you do. And they're, 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 they're reasonably conservative, libertarian-leaning guys, right? I'm not knocking them. But, you know, to the people in Playbook and giving comments out there, welcome to the real world. Here's a quote. Hey, there's a lot more at stake here than whether Kevin McCarthy is going to be able to get the gavel. The aforementioned GOP lawmaker told us, Sky Williams, we've got lives that are being impacted right now. And this is tough for people. Oh, Joe, do you, do you, you have a life that's impacted by our immigration crisis, uh, fentanyl crisis, uh, the Afghanistan debacle? That's kind of a personal question for you. Probably should stay yeah, away from no, that. No, it, it uh, affects me. Our, yeah. Our pending, it affects you just a tad, just uh, maybe a little uh, bit. Yeah. Little Joe and others. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got a life being affected by tax rates, Obamacare, healthcare, inflation. Yeah, gotta, yeah. We have lives being affected too, fellas. Maybe keep that stuff kind of quiet. I get it. I feel really bad. Wesley Hunt should be with his newborn. But, you know, welcome to the real world, fellas. This is what happens. We've got lives too. You're talking about the election of a man who is, is second in line to the presidency. Do you understand that? President, VP, Speaker of the House, Senate President Pro Temp. That's the line of succession to the White House. I think we can figure it out over a few days.
I'm really sorry it impacted your personal life. By the way, I'm hearing pressures building significantly for Kevin McCarthy to step aside. Significantly. Even some conservative and, uh, I mean, conservative, but guys who've got cred with the establishment wing, the Chip Roy's of the world, very conservative guy, but even the establishment people respect him. There's some pressure building for McCarthy to move. So we'll see what happens there. All right, I got to move on. I got a lot more to get to, including something I warned you about with the vaccine. Warned you about for a long time. Uh, Today's show brought to you by Crowd Health. Crowd Health. Open enrollment ends January 15th. That means now. Now is the time to take charge of your healthcare decisions. Crowd Health puts your healthcare back in your hands. But don't wait till it's too late. Crowd Health has a better way to fund your healthcare costs. See any doctor you want, no deductibles, exclusions, or copays. Only pay the first $500 of any healthcare event. The Crowd Health community takes care of the rest. No exclusive doctor networks, no huge premiums or high deductibles. No surprises. Pay one low monthly total to fund your account. Your monthly subscription helps fund healthcare costs of the entire Crowd Health community. Take charge of your healthcare today with Crowd Health. Open enrollment is the only time you can hit eject on the broken system without penalty, so don't wait. And for a limited time, join for just $99 per month on your first six months when you use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at, here's the website, joincrowdhealth.com. Joincrowdhealth.com. Open enrollment ends January 15th, so sign up today before it's too late. Don't miss out. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code Bongino. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Thanks, Crowd Health. Okay. Uh, moving on, folks. There's a lot more to get to today. I've been warning you for a very long time that unscientific agitprop propaganda about vaccines and masks and COVID was going to blow up in more ways than one. Now, I always produce the receipts and data on the show. Why? Because I owe it to you. Listen to me. You owe me nothing. You have given me everything. You owe me nothing. Nothing. I owe you everything. If you choose to spend an hour of your day with me and Joe and Gee and three hours on the radio, you should damn well demand perfection every time. And when we fail to meet your standards, we better correct it or we'll lose you. You have a million choices in podcasts that you're here. We bring the data. I said to you over and over that this constant pushing of the vaccine despite a lack of longitudinal data over time about what this thing was doing to you, was going to cause massive distrust in the healthcare system and was going to have massive ramifications. But in their effort to propagandize you, because totalitarians are obsessed with mandates, and this was never about vaccines, it was about the vaccine mandate, that pushing this thing was going to be a disaster when the vaccine turned out to be largely ineffective at stopping transmission. What kind of propaganda am I talking about? Here's Rochelle Walensky and Rachel Maddow from a while ago telling you things that are absolutely false about the vaccine and how they stop transmission. Take a look. We have 93 million Americans who have gotten their first dose, um, 51 million who have gotten their second dose. And we have we can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Uh, man. Guys, <laughs> ladies, none of that was true. Well, I, l- again, to not give you slanted coverage, fairly enough, some of you might say, 
right? Key appropriate response. Well, she didn't know that back then. Okay, then why say it? Why say it? I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl either. I'm not going to go out on TV and say, everybody, bet your wedding rings, your house, and your cars on the Buffalo Bills or whatever. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They may, but I don't know that. That's not science. Notice how she makes an expression with almost, as she, as she states an expression with almost absolute certainty about the vaccine, despite having no longitudinal data to back that up. None. I warned you about it. And what was it going to do? Because now nobody trusts public health because they lied to us. Now people are starting to question other vaccines too that have a different longitudinal history. You doubt me? You should. Look at this piece by the Wall Street Journal. How COVID could bring back measles. Huh? I read the headline. What did that mean? Here, this is from the Kaiser Family Foundation. The experience of the COVID-19 pandemic and debates over vaccine requirements and mandates appear to have had an impact on public attitudes. You, You think? Here's what they mean. They were citing polling on measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines. Almost three in 10 Americans now say that parents should be able to decide not to vaccinate their school-aged children, even if it creates health risks for others, up from 16% in 2019. I'm not going to get into a debate here about the MMR vaccine or not. That's up to you. As if This has always been my position and always will be. You want to vaccinate? God gave you the right to decide what goes into your body or not. But do you understand how public health Taxpayer-funded public health people, Walensky, Fauci, Francis Collins, Vivek Murthy. Do you understand how the uh, uh, Ash Jha, do you understand how these people are paid by the taxpayer to, Joe, increase faith in taxpayer dollars contributing to a better public health environment? Hmm. Not to pay to have a bunch of people lie to us that then make the subsequent public health situation even worse. Idiots. Idiots. Another breaking news story happened right before I got on the air yesterday, which really kicked me in the nads. So I'm getting ready to go on uh, my radio show yesterday at noon. And as I'm on the air, I see Joe Biden getting on TV, coughing all over the place again. This guy is always sick. Someone needs to really get a hold of something wrong with Biden. He's always sick. He gets on the air yesterday and just announces that illegal immigration amnesty is now in effect because he said so. I'm listening like, oh, wait, I'm this actually stunned. I'm like, how is this not getting more coverage? Folks, even on conservative channels, this got relatively light coverage today. You can read this article at The Hill. They're a left-leaning rag, but they cover this. The U.S. is now planning to accept up to 30,000 migrants monthly under an expanded humanitarian program. Let me just explain to you quickly what this is. They note it gives pre-approval to foreign nationals who enter the United States by air using an app. Wait, what? I I was so basically you go on this app, this CBP one app, according to Biden, and you just declare you want amnesty and you get on a plane and come to the United States. I'm, I'm trying to like figure out if I'm reading this thing wrong, and I'm not. And the authority for this. Biden is citing some parole authority to have. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not how parole works. Parole is a limited authority. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. 
There are limited cases of discretion where Biden and the executive office can use this parole to grant amnesty into the United States. Limited. But that's no different than, say, a police officer saying, listen, I pulled you over for speeding, doing 85 and a 70, but you're driving your wife to the hospital. She's pregnant. The police officer is perfectly authorized to give you a warning and let you go. They are in no way legally obligated or administratively obligated to give you a ticket. You understand that? That would be the equivalent of the power the executive office and the government has on this parole thing. What Biden cannot do, what the police officer can't do, is go to the roll call and say, I will no longer enforce speeding if you are, say, a white male from this country. You, you can't do that. That is totally against administrative rules and procedures and potentially illegal. That's what Biden's doing. He's not looking at individual cases. He's saying, if you meet this box set of criteria, you're good. Totally illegal. And of course, he's blaming Republicans saying they wouldn't give him money for border security, which is kind of a problem because I've already read to you hat tip Congressman Dan Bishop, good man, who noted that in the omnibus funding bill that Biden signed and some rhino Republicans supported that, quote, it's right here on the screen, folks, rumble.com slash Bongino, if you want to look at it yourself. None. Thank you. He's zooming in. None of the funds provided in this funding. Let me read that again. None of the funds can be used to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technology and capabilities. <laughs> now, do you see why the good Republicans up on Capitol Hill didn't want to sign this piece of garbage? Biden's using the money to basically process illegals into the country. None. It's right in the bill, folks. It's right there. None of the funds are to be used for border security. What do you mean Biden's lying to us about border security? Yeah, Biden's always lying to you about border security. That's what Biden does. Unreal. Folks, personnel are policy. Personnel are policy. Let me get to my, uh, my uh, last sponsor here first, and I'll get to what I mean in a minute. We have another BS with Buttigieg. I've got, oh, I've got a lot more to get to. The FBI, I've got questions for Dan too. Folks, if you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride. From the pandemic to inflation, I'm sure you could use a break. Innovation refunds can help. If your business has five or more employees and managed to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. It's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. How do you cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money? Go to getrefunds.com, getrefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys they put together are highly trained in this little known payroll tax refund program. They've already returned $1 billion to businesses and they can help you too. Listen, they do all the work with no charge up front. They simply share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. To find out if your business qualifies, just go to getrefunds.com. Click on qualify me and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to getrefunds.com. That's getrefunds.com. All right, I just want to throw this out there pretty quick. Brett Baer did a good job on Fox last night interviewing Pete Buttigieg. Uh, again, as we've said often, there isn't a human being on planet Earth that says less by saying more than Pete Buttigieg. The man has an incredible gift of gab, and he never, ever says anything of substance at all. So Pete Buttigieg, of course, got caught uh, being absent again during an East Department of Transportation head. And every time there's a transportation crisis, Buttigieg is out. Paternity leave, vacation. Who the hell knows what he's doing? Uh, nobody knows what this guy does ever. 
Brett Bear cornered him last night. And of course, his only response is just to deny. Yeah, that's nonsense. Here, check this out. BS with Pete Buttigieg. Basically, they're saying that you kept a low profile during the Southwest debacle. I never did a press conference from the Transportation Department. You were in Portugal during the rail strike crisis. You're on paternity leave during the 2021 supply chain crisis. This is what they say. And that... How do you address that criticism? Sure, it's nonsense. And obviously the paternity stuff is you're allowed to do, but they say several weeks and it was during the supply chain crisis. It's nonsense. It's, it's nonsense. There you go. Finally, Pete Buttigieg doesn't have to say. This guy is such a clown. Personnel or policy, folks. Personnel or policy. You get bad personnel, you're going to get bad government. Period. Which Luke Rosiak proves again at the Daily Wire with an amazing article in my newsletter today you should read. Remember Elvis Chan, the FBI supervisor out oh, in the yeah. San Francisco office you heard about on this show? Oh, you remember him well. Who was the liaison to Twitter and these other tech communities and apparently played a role in this massive censorship scandal, pushing them to censor content? Well, this is fascinating. So Luke Rosiak, they got a hold of some paper he wrote, a 149-page academic thesis. Get a load of this. Go to the next screen if you would. Here's some of his absurdities. Personnel or policy? Get bad personnel who aren't that bright. You're going to get bad policy like Elvis Chan and Twitter censoring people. So Elvis Chan wrote in his paper that he had evidence that the Russians made a difference in the 2016 election. How did he know that? Because black voting, Joe, the voting rate declined from 2012. Oh, gosh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that, that, that sounds pretty strong to me. Wait, 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 go back. No, I'm not done. There's another. You know, know what his evidence for that was, though? He says, yes, it was the Russians that did it. Which the Daily Wire notes, that's probably better explained by the fact that in 2012, the nation's first black president was on, on, the, on the ballot. Yeah. Oh, that's some hardcore academic work right there, Elvis. You really knocked it out of the park on that one. Uh, here's another one. Elvis Chan, FBI guy. Elvis Chan apparently wanted American schools to indoctrinate so they're more like Soviet ones. <laughs> this guy's amazing. He says that uh, influence campaigns are run in other countries, and he says other countries' residents are more astute. American schools could play a role in making sure that elections aren't impacted by disinformation. This guy's great. This guy sounds brilliant. This guy's a genius. That took a 149-page paper. Here's Elvis Chan for you. Must be friends with Fugazi, Frank Fugazi. It's only on eight... Eight. All right, I got to get to questions for Dan. I'm better way over. So let's go. Let's do questions for Dan. Just let me know when the last one comes up, geeks. We got a lot of them today. All right, question one. Ah, paw, paw. This Iron Man Patriot? Oh, Iron Man Patriot. Hey, Dan. Why is it that Democrats rally around their own, but Republicans are always infighting? You should be proud of that. Why do Democrats act like the Borg from Star Trek? Because they're collectivists and central planners. That's why. Republicans are entrepreneurial who all have their own ideas how to better the country. Folks, that's not a glitch. That's a feature. <laughs> Seriously, you want to be like the Borg? The hive mind? Not me. Not interested. Here's Papa1012. Hey, Dan, when a speaker's selected, can they be removed? Or do they stay until the next election cycle? Yes, that's what they're fighting about now, what they call a motion to vacate. The conservative holdouts want one member to be able to vacate the chair. Good question. At R. McHenry, why are some conservative commentators pulling for McCarthy to be speaker? They're saying that there's chaos with this whole process. 
Listen, folks, a lot of these guys are good guys. Uh, I have a lot of respect for and who've given me a shot in the space. They just have a different feel for what McCarthy's going to do. I mean, I just we just disagree. They just they have their behind the scenes sources who are promising them that McCarthy's going to be a pretty conservative guy. Some of my sources are saying the opposite. It's not that they're bad guys. It's just a difference of opinion. At Stroke Thriver, okay. Do you still think voting for a rhino is better than a Democrat? Yes, a hundred percent. Rhinos suck. You got that? Period. However, do you? I, I, this is the only question I can ask you. Right? The world is gray. It's not black and white. We all agree. You don't say heat or no heat in the winter. You say how much heat. Right? right. Everything's on the margin. Do you want to vote for the Democrat that's going to destroy your life tomorrow or the rhino that's going to destroy your life over at least the next two years? I'll take two years so I have time to fight back. It's just that simple. At federal hostage. Whoa. Hey, Dan, you seem to have an encyclopedic recall of lines from movies. You look them up or you actually remember all those different movies and lines. No, I, I do have an encyclopedic knowledge. Um, I am, I'm not a quantitative guy, but I do have a photographic memory. So much so, true story, during my neuroanatomy final exam in college, I got, I think, 297 out of 300 questions right. I was number one or two in the class. And I swear to you, a very competitive woman in the class who hated my guts uh, accused me of cheating because she didn't believe anybody could do that. I do. I have a photograph. All I need to do is see things a couple of times. So, yeah, I do remember all those lines from the movies. Uh, this is Western MD Farmer, Western Maryland Farmer. Dan, how's the book going? Are you still planning on having book signing? We are. Paula is trying to coordinate this right now. We should have the book around the middle of this year, 2023. The book is largely done. We're in edits now. I have to rewrite some stuff. I've got some help with it. So a lot of it involves phone calls and tapings and all that stuff. We got to do some photos. Writing a book's a long process. But yes, uh, we will announce, hopefully, locations. I hope you'll show up. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. The roadshow was a lot of fun at the Patriot Awards. Uh, hey, Dan, uh, RRT4, what was your favorite Christmas, New Year's moment? Uh, without a doubt, my wife uh, and I went over to John Rich, the country singer's house, on New Year's Eve. We spent about an hour and a half with him, having a few adult sodas, if you know what I mean. Uh, John is the nicest guy, and uh, John played like a kind of a personal concert on his acoustic guitar for me and my wife and some family members. And uh, I had to tell you, it was like a highlight of my, of my, my year. It was awesome. So definitely my, uh, and go download his single progress on, uh, on, on the radio, on the, on your uh, music platforms. It's awesome. Hey, Dan, Bob Richardson three, what's your suggested training regimen to achieve and maintain handgun proficiency for home defense, personal protection? Okay. You got to shoot at least once, once a month, at least once a month, preferably more. I target, which is a, they're a sponsor of the show uh, is a really good system. Uh, that that's good for practicing at home, but you got to go to the range. My suggestion to you is practice these four things. Practice from the draw, the draw, practice a little bit from the table, practice offhand shooting in case your shooting hand is injured. It can happen. Practice close quarters, draw right, you know, three yards and in that may happen. You may have someone pull a knife on you. So you got those things practice kneeling, practice barricade, strong side and practice barricade weak side. You should get to be very proficient in all those positions, and you should be okay. Hey, Dan, Pedro Delano, 166. 
What toppings do you like on your pizza? Uh, this is a great question because I don't eat toppings on my pizza. Why? Because I am massively lactose intolerant. Uh, I cannot even smell dairy products. I drink lactose-free uh, milk. Uh, so what I do is I love pizza. So I go like to Blaze Pizza or something like that, and I get double the sauce, and I put every vegetable known to man and typically like some uh, chicken or whatever on top. But I can't eat any cheese on pizza, which is really horrible because my last name is Bongino, and I can't eat pizza. It's embarrassing. Is that the last one? No, great questions this week, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Please don't miss my Fox show tomorrow night, unfiltered. I'm going to do a segment on one in the beginning, the clown world we live in. Don't laugh. They keep talking about how there's chaos up on Capitol Hill and the Republicans look like clowns. Wait till I lay out for you in the monologue who the real clowns are, what the Democrats are up to, things you haven't heard about. You're going to love it. Check it out. Also, download and subscribe to the podcast. It is absolutely free. It helps us move up the charts. We had a little bit of a rough month because we, you know, we had vacation. So we need you to help us get back up on the charts. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, if you would. I will see you on the Fox show Saturday night at 9 p.m. and back here on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.